Hello everybody and welcome to the football fill-in. No Ben Foster today, he's Wrexham away, he's in Vegas and I don't know why that West Ham shirt's behind me but boring, boring Arsenal, that's what Eddie Howe had to say as Arsenal beat Newcastle at St James's Park. Is the title race open? We've also got the top four battle, Newcastle and Manchester United losing, the doors open to Liverpool. What's going on in the title race? What's going on in the top four? And should Harry Kane leave Spurs? Let's get into it, it's the football fill-in. Welcome to the football fill-in. Uh, before we get into anything, I've got Watto and I've got uh, Will with me. But we've also got this beauty that we're going to give away. We'll give you the details later, but this is an official Team of the Year shirt. It's slightly soiled with having that name on the back. Uh, I don't know why he's got 23 on it. You know Beckham, but it is a beautiful shirt. It really is. So we'll be giving that away in a moment. But uh, let's get into it. I want to get straight into this First game, uh, Newcastle against Arsenal. We're going to be talking top four. We'll talk relegation as well. But the title race, what an impressive result yesterday for Arsenal against Newcastle. But look, first of all, you've got Eddie Howe moaning about the time wasting. I think this is like a vegetarian fox moaning about another fox attacking a load of chickens because he's, he's the guy, isn't he? He's the guy who's done all this and he's moaning to the ref. We'll start with you, Watto. What was your thoughts on the game? Is the title race up and running? And what went wrong for Newcastle, I suppose? I think the race is certainly still on. I think it, uh, um, a massive, massive result. Um, I was reading some articles after the game. Arteta, I think, used the the, the mentality, the mind games yeah. um, for the team in the hotel before the game. Um, I think he used the documentary clips from last year to show them how disappointed they were when they got beat at Newcastle for the staff, the players, and even himself as manager. And I think they really used that and galvanised themselves with it. Um, obviously, they rode a little bit of luck, Murphy at the post, first yeah. minute. It can be a different game, but... If you're going to actually win a title, you need a little bit of luck. After the first minute, I thought they grew into the game. Deservedly, really went in front. They get lucky on the second goal and OG. But then you come into your original question, the time-wasting, the gavemanship. They definitely did, didn't they? Played it really well. Xhaka went down five or six times. You thought he'd been shot three of them. And he never came off. Um, really smiling, happy at the end of the game. But I think that would have been part of the the, the message pre-game, certainly. Look, you're going to Newcastle. The team on fire at home. They start like a a train, you know, straight out of the traps. Um, they survive that first few moments. Then they get the nose in front. Then you've got to be clever. Mm. Keep the ball out of the uh, pitch. Throw-ins, goal kicks, injuries. They did everything that were required. And actually, if you look back and they get so close or maybe even take the game uh, and the Premier League to the last game, that'll be a game they'll look at and they'll use that for, I think, seasons to come because that is a performance that wins your Premier League titles. And from where we've been over the last two or three weeks, I think they showed that the race is still alive for sure. Yeah, I was going to say that, Will, because it feels like the top four race is back open again. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then the title race, um, it's not over. Like, we are in May. I think Man City have got a massive chance of winning it. They've got... But they have got uh, Everton away. They've got uh, Brighton away. They've got um, Chelsea at home. And they've got Brentford away. Yeah. Now, it's Man City. They could win all four. But ultimately, Arsenal... The top race is not over. And, and, And I feel like... 
you know, you wake up this morning and people are going, Arsenal are back in a title race. It must be horrible. It must be like having you, you know, been in a washing machine because it's just you're all over the place with the, with the way that the punditry and, and the media work around Arsenal. They've always been in a title race. Yeah. Well, I think it's almost, it might be a different mentality as well, isn't it? It's sort of, now they are second, they're chasing and it's sort of get like, I'm going to be second in my FPL league. I've got a different mentality now. I'm the chasee. You should have a chat with Arteta. It must be a similar thing. Yeah, it is. The same pressure. I'm a bit more relaxed. I'm going into it. But I think first clean sheet as well without Saliba. That was good for them as well to get behind them. And I just think it's a different attitude going into this running. And like we've seen at the Etihad in these Premier League runnings, what, QPR going down last game of the season. That was crazy. So I just think... There's crazy things to happen, especially at the Etihad, we've seen it. Even when Arsenal, when they were top, that Friday night against Southampton, everyone was 4-0, 5-0. Crazy things happen when pressure's on. Manchester City are used to it. They can probably deal with it a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I do feel like it's City's to lose. The problem is, because of the four games, City have basically got to lose one and draw one because if they draw two, they've still got superior goal difference. You know what I think? It's almost a shame Arsenal don't have another two points, isn't it? It's almost a shame that there wasn't some dodgy yeah. line thing that didn't go wrong. I don't want to load the bullets for Arsenal fans, but I tell you what, I said it at the time that might cause a problem. Um, let's just uh, talk about Newcastle, uh, top four. Uh, they have got some interesting games. They've got Leeds. I think they've got Brighton as well. Liverpool, we're going to talk about in a minute, but any concerns, Watto, about Newcastle? Like you said, the game could have been very different. They didn't do anything wrong yesterday. They, they just didn't score in the first five minutes and then... They got game managed by a very, very professional Arsenal performance. Yeah, I think there's it, not really any deterioration in Arsenal. Eddie Howe would have been, apart from the result after 90 minutes, relatively pleased with the performance. Mm. Um, they're a little bit unlucky on the first goal, aren't they? It goes through the guy's legs from 25. Talk yards. to us about that. Great point. What I've got about goalkeeping here, because we, we're also touching on it about De Gea. But you were saying that. People think that shot's from a certain distance, but as a goalkeeper, the shot's from where it goes through the legs. Yeah, we were speaking off air there, and obviously I think uh, Odegaard hits it from 20, 25 yards. So normally, if I've got a clear perception of that shot, I've got maybe two seconds to react from 25 yards. But the reality is, when you're playing in goal, you have to wait for that ball to pass the defensive line or the attacking line. So if that line's at 12, 15 yards... It's not from 25 yards. I have to wait for 10 yards till it passes the bodies because any nick or deflection, I've got to react. So when it actually goes through his legs at, say, 15 yards, instead of having two seconds to react, I've now got less than a second. And that's the problem for Pope. Even though it bounces a couple of times, he has to wait to see if it nicks off his leg to make a reaction save. As it goes through his legs... He's not expecting it, and all of a sudden, by the time he's trying to push and dive, it's past him because the reaction time's nothing. But everybody thinks, "Ah, it's a shot from 25 yards. It's gone in easy." You can't go too early as included. I'm one of them. Yeah, if I dive early, look for that easy save to my left, and it hits his leg. Yeah, it's in. You've got to anticipate both actions. So I think he's a little bit unlucky there. But Newcastle. For the main of that game, they hit the post twice. They've had massive chances. Ramsdale's made an unbelievable save from a free kick. Um, In the end, St Maximum cuts inside. Ramsdale makes another good save to his left. So Ramsdale, we've been questioning his performances maybe two or three weeks ago, a couple of question marks over goals. He's back to his A game. They get a clean sheet. It's going to push them on. If I'm Newcastle, I come in the dressing room after and you're talking about very fine margins. You've had a shot from 25 yards go through a guy's legs. You've scored an own goal. You've hit the post twice. Ramsdale's made two worldies. It's 
one. I know day. Pope's made a couple of good saves, but ultimately on another day they can win or yeah. score three or four goals. So I think he will be really positive on the outcome apart from the result and they've just got to play to the standards they're playing at. And another day, one comes in off your arse cheek, you're 1-0 up and all of a sudden all them, three or four of them chances will go in. But I think they're playing the right way in Newcastle. The home form will give them a chance. Look, Liverpool, as we'll touch on, they're coming up quietly from behind. Man United have lost their last couple, but it's going to be tight. But I think Newcastle just have to keep doing what they're doing. I think the interesting thing for Newcastle as well, I do think they'll get top four, but is how Eddie Howe deals with that recruitment for next season. Because mm. no one expected them to get top four this year. And it's quite easy to manage those expectations. But you get in the Champions League, you've now got top four expectations, haven't you? So having him deal with big names that they're going to be linked with, I think that's going to be really interesting Any next year. Messi and Kane up front. Just get them all in. Yeah. Just sign oh, them down. Money's no object. You yeah. can take the lot there. Yeah, no just, problem. Just have Jude. I'm going Newcastle, yes, top four, Will? Yeah, I'll go Newcastle, yes. I think they'll make it. There you go, there you go. Uh, let's move on to uh, another top four clash, um, which was Manchester United's trip to West Ham. <laughs> now, have you, are you wearing this because you're anti De Gea? Because you're not even a Man United fan, so is this a Gary Welsh sort of, is better than De Gea sort of? Told message? you this before, I was Man United till 99, they won the treble, at the ripe old age of seven, I said, it's not going to get better than this, and I've been proven right as a seven-year-old, so... Went to Birmingham. Yeah, I went to Birmingham <laughs> and it's all gone... Yeah, well, thought of it around there. Yeah. Won a Carabao Cup. Exactly, more than Tottenham. Called, probably, probably called the Rumbelows or yeah. Worthington. Or more successful than Tottenham in the last twenty years, I think. So okay. anyway, enough Blues. Yeah. Let's get back you to that's my Blues mention. Hang on to the small margin. Oh, yeah, 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 that's me. Man United yesterday lost one 0 to West Ham, um, and it was a very, very disappointing result. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to go back to Watto on this, not because you're. You're trying to be funny, but because um, I thought you'd go to the expert with his dolly shirt. Well, I just said I got a small right. knob on it. Let's so go to the expert first. This will, this, will, this will work quite well, actually. Go. We'll go to the goalkeeping expert in a minute. But Will, talk us through the David de Gea mistake. What has he got wrong there? I feel like I, I had to play in goal once for a season at Meadow Park, and I actually thought it was a bit like you, maybe you've had a few drinks too early, a bit blurry-eyed, and you just you're not concentrating. I and he's down. He's thrown. I mean, I've got weak wrists, as you can see. What Owen? He's, he's just. <laughs> I don't do know what. He's, your spare time. <laughs> just, he's he's thrown a. Tough a life being single. Yeah, isn't exactly, it? mate. Yeah. Exactly. Should have good wrists. <laughs> <laughs> this will get cut. Um, but yeah, no, he's shutting himself down. He's all over the place. And then he was kicking the turf afterwards, and we're like, no, it's not the turf's fault, Dave. This is your fault. Own up to they it. They did a close up on the turf. There was a bit of a slip, apparently. Really? Yeah. It's always somebody Watto's else's fault. The expert's going to tell us now. What, what's gone wrong there, Watto, in the goalkeeping situation with De Gea on that football goal? Yeah, look, he's going to be really disappointed with that. And it's it, it, it's the cards you play when you're playing goal. You can be a hero one minute. We've just spoke about Ramsdale and the moments he's had. And equally on the other foot, you can be like this. But it's the modern way of goalkeeping, what I would say to start off with. He's playing really high out of his goal. There's a quick transition middle of the field. And obviously Ben Rama's coming to attack. So he's now in a high position. He has to back off very, very quickly. 12, 15 yards. It becomes disorientating when you're working that far back. And ultimately, if he'd have been in a set position earlier, he makes an easy save. Ultimately, he's worked back, probably got a little bit disorientated in terms of his distances for his, uh, his set position on, a, on the natural shot. He's half set. He does slip for sure, but let's not make mistakes about the pitch. It's like a bowling green. These Premier League pitchers, there is no excuse for that. It's not like my kitchen floor when I No, it. and it's certainly not my, my back garden, mole-ridden. Um, it is perfect. Maybe a little bit wet, 
whether he's got the right studs on or whatever. But he has a little slip. But ultimately, if it had been set normally, he would attack the ball. As a goalie, you attack your, your diving lines just in front of you, five to six inches, and you'd attack the ball. He gets a clear line, he can see it. Ultimately, as he's worked back, he's had a little slip and he's turned that way. So now his hand's already inside the post of the goal. And as soon as he doesn't get a strong hand on it, because his hand's behind him and he's inside the line of the goal, it's in. 99 out of 100, even though he's had to work back, set, not slip, he'd attack it in front, it's an easy save. But the ball's behind him and, and he's not quite got his eye on it and it's gone past him. And it's a really poor goal when you're chasing top four and it's a game Man United have to go and win at West Ham. And they never really recovered from it, if, yeah, if truth be told, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, well, obviously I watched the game and I was like, uh, typical United, first half an hour, same against Brighton. Yeah, relatively in control, West Ham weren't doing anything, and but the chance creation for United, people keep saying, by Harry, Harry Kane, by Victor Osman, they'll struggle in that team. There's, there's, we don't create penalty box chances. It gets to the edge of the box and Rashford or Bruno or Anthony, they take on these shots that, I mean, I'm not a big fan of XG and all that and percentages, but the, the, the chance of scoring it or even having it on target is low. And we've scored no goals in two games. And keepers make mistakes, defenders make mistakes, VAR officials make mistakes. Yeah. You, you, you are, you know, handball, Luke Shaw, David De Gea, two mistakes have cost us six points. Whereas if we were able to just... I don't know what, what it is, Will. I mean, obviously you'll have a lot of experience. This is a Blues fan, frustration. But it's like, there's just... They've, they've lost their identity in the last few weeks, United. And, you know, is it just because Varane and Martinez? Casemiro's a shadow of himself. Yeah. The whole team just seems to want the end of the season. But we've got stuff to play for. Well, I'd be interested to get your thoughts because you look at that team and Veggie's playing in the number 10 role and then you've got Garnacho and Sancho on the bench who are going to be there for years and years to come. And, you know, I'm, I'm a football manager. I've played it for 20 years. I've got the expertise. If I'm building for next season, I'm giving Sancho a chance, Garnacho a chance because I know they're going to be there, see what they can do. If they're not going to make the cut, fine, get rid of them eventually. But you know Vegor's think well... I mean, fingers crossed he ain't going to be there next season. So I don't know why he's starting in that position and it just doesn't really add to this season, next season. And if you're Sancho, you're thinking, good God. I mean, if he's getting in front of me, what hope have I got here? Watto's looking at you confused when you're saying you've been a manager for 20 years. Yeah, I was, re I, 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 I was really scared about that bit. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, don't especially worry. when you're second in the league. He's I can show you my CV. two in it. Yeah, I'll show He's you my talking CV. talking about bloody computer Ah, games. yeah, I get it. It's the same yeah, thing, yeah. just on a different sort of... That's, what, that's why his wrists are so weak. He's yeah. just <laughs> moving his mouse around, not nothing else. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it was... Um, I think that the, the selection of Veghorst was, 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 was crazy. I mean... Can you see any justification for that? I think it has only, to do with height, but that actually yeah, wasn't... A, no, that wasn't, I mean, West Ham normally, yeah. predominantly, the probably the strongest set-piece team yeah. in terms of the way they way, play. Yeah. didn't go that way, whether he was thinking that. Mm. But ultimately, I think if you're Pep and Man City, their mentality, West Ham, get your best footballers in, mm. keep them away from your goal, the set-pieces become irrelevant. But whether whether he thought Wegos would do something defensively, I don't know. But it didn't pan out the way he would have thought in terms of that as as the game rolled on. Um, so ultimately, I agree. You've got to get your footballers on and keep West Ham away from your goal. Um, the one thing I did think that we would have mentioned in terms of uh, the game itself the or the VAR yeah, and, yeah. The, and the penalty. No, because normally you, you're very critical of the VAR working against you. I think yeah. I think it saved your bacon on this occasion. I just don't see myself 
on all the things we've spoke about on past shows in terms of VAR, how that's not given. Well, we, did, well we, can, we can do it. You're right. Um, the, the, the Newcastle Arsenal game, I thought that was a penalty. VAR came into itself. It did flick off his uh, um, thigh. It didn't hit his hand. That's what VAR can work really, really well. Um, the, uh, you know, I sort of agree with you, Watto. I mean, we've said it a few times. I just think, are we at a point where if it hits your hands, we all just want it to be a penalty now? Because at least we get consistency. And Haaland, so, sorry, not Haaland, Lindelof, he sort of has got it in there, but he does move it out a bit. So I think if it had been given, it's not as clear-cut as the Luke Shaw one on Thursday, but I wouldn't have had massive complaints about it. But they've got... where? How do you solve that? You just I, I, I'm, Honestly, I'm really lost with it. I think it worked really well in the Newcastle game. In real speed, the ref thinks it's a penalty. I think all the stadium thought it were a penalty. Half the team thought it were a penalty. VAR comes onto its own. Go and look at the monitor. Very clearly not a penalty. Perfect. Everybody's happy. Yeah. You go to the West Ham game. You're in injury time at the end of the first half. It's a nothing cross. It were going to be cleared. But there is a movement towards the ball. Mm. That has to, in my opinion, it has to be given as a penalty. Uh, I think there's been some real soft handballs. But... We have to somehow get some real consistency with it. I thought that was a penalty, and I think we may be getting to the point where any any movement of the arm or the hand, it's going to have to be a penalty because there's too many grey areas of not getting decisions. If West Ham would have only drawn that game, they'd have still been in it. I think they're safe on 37 points now, 35 points. You're not quite sure. So the big calls either way if United had got back into the game because certainly if West Ham go in 2-0, the game will for sure finish, you know? We'll talk about relegation towards the end of the show, but I, I think I think 37 points will be enough. Uh, just on Manchester United, uh, nine points, doesn't matter what Liverpool do, they, they, they cannot get more than 71 points. If United get 79, they've got 63, so that's 72. Uh, got a GCSEC, that's right in maths. And they've got home Wolves next week, away Bournemouth, home Chelsea, home Fulham. Nine points. They might need less than that, but assume Liverpool will win all their games. Nine points from those four. Will, what do you think, United? Are they are they floundering, or do you think there'll be a bit of a bounce back? Well, I think we'll come on to it, but like Bournemouth and Wolves effectively say, if you should be beating those sides anyway, but there'll probably be a little bit of beach mentality. So they're six points, and then you've only got to get three more. So I think you got it, Mark. Yeah. The home form for United's been pretty good. Wise. They've, play, they've played well at home. I think teams... It, it's, it's not the... Alex Ferguson era, but I do think teams are going with a little bit more trepidation than what they've had in previous seasons. Uh, I agree that the fixtures suit you. Um, I'm not sure whether the mentality of uh, Lopetegu and Gary O'Neill will throw it away, but players' mentality is different when you're already safe and the pressures that have been and you've, you've got over the line, but I would expect them with the fixtures they've got to, to make the top four, to be honest with you. Also, as well, he pointed out in his post-match interview, but David Moyes has really turned that around because a couple of months ago we were speaking about, you know, who's favourite for the sat was, and he's turned it around. They can push towards them near mid-table finishes, and they've got that European semi-final, so it could end up being a quite good season for them. Be interesting if West Ham keep Moyes actually, because we've we spoke about it a few times over the weeks. Perfect to keep him, bit like Gary Neal at Bournemouth, right man to keep them up. What West Ham do next? Fuller really deserved the win yesterday as well, so well done to West Ham. Uh, let's go to Liverpool. What a run of uh, games they've been on. Another, another win, but I think Liverpool have won five or six in a row now and every game has been by one goal. Not not one nil, but three two, whatever. They're all they they're doing just enough. They were they were the better team on Saturday night, in my opinion, and deserved to win it. Um, they win again. 
Uh, start with you, Will. Uh, Liverpool, um, terrible season for them, but they... they, are they well, I didn't ask you. Are, are Liverpool getting top four or Man United getting top four? No, Man United, yeah. Newcastle, Man United for me. So Liverpool, it's about next season, I suppose, but they're, they're on a good run. Yeah, well, I think it's all off the pitch, isn't it? Because a lot of talk was coming after Bellingham sort of signed for Real Madrid. They pulled themselves out of that. But we've said before on here, they need to be looking at those 50, 60 million pounds they've been linked with that McAllister, which I think is a great signing. And Klopp's done it before, where they've got those midfield where you think, hang on, they're not really star-studded midfield. But they won the league with that. They won the Champions League with that. He can really coach these players and get the best out of them. So I think we sort of need to go back into that mould where they've brought the likes of Thiago in before. And he's been good, but he hasn't been great for Liverpool. So I think looking back on that and their recruitment going into it, and I think they'll be back in the top four next season. I think they should be really looking to... Over- we mentioned Newcastle and what they're going to do, but Liverpool are just in this run now, aren't they? They're just going to be relentless to the end of the season, get the job done and hope somebody slips up. But I just, yeah, I think it's a little bit too late for them. We might check that back, VAR. I'm sure you said we. We, did we? Yeah. I'll do anything. You're adding yourself. He's a Liverpool fan. <laughs> Highest bidder, mate. I'll take yeah. anything. Because <laughs> we are. Mercenary will. Um, yeah, look, Liverpool, what, uh, I, I, I've said this a few times this season. In fact, I've got a, I won't shirk it. I've got a bet with Ben that Liverpool will get top four because he said back in December they won't get it. So, well, you're, so you're back in Liverpool as well? I did in December, yeah. I mean, I win the bet if they get top four. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm happy to give to charity. But that, that's just my <laughs> motto generally. But the the interesting thing with Liverpool, Watto, is that I still think that Man City and Liverpool are the only two teams in this league that are actually capable of just going and winning ten in a row. And whatever their bad season, Liverpool can take a lot of positives from ending the season showing that they're still capable in a very competitive league of going yeah. win, 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 win. They're, sh- they're showing, um, I suppose to start with to themselves what what they're capable of I think that's six on the spin they've won the last two home games 1-0 that's the sign for sure of a good team maybe not firing on all cylinders but you have the clean sheet Alisson's uh, having good moments they seem to be a little bit more settled in terms of the centre-half partnerships with Van Dijk Um, but you've got to get over the line The, the big thing they'll kick themselves is the inconsistency throughout the season but now they're looking like the machine that they've been in the past it's going to be close, there's no doubt about it, but they've given themselves too much to do. It's a big win against the Brentford team, who everybody thinks is just sat on the beach doing whatever, but Brentford play our Brentford play. Look, Klopp said in his post-match interview, we've worked all week, getting ready, set pieces, the threat, and for the big teams, it's tough to see Brentford through to get a clean sheet with the set plays, and actually, to win the game 1-0 has been a big result for them, but they actually score... It was really interesting for me watching the game. It's a corner. On the second phase of the corner, Van Dijk tries to get to the back post, but Mee comes and marks him. As the ball gets cleared, it's a third phase. Mee works himself to the centre of the field, and now Van Dijk's pulled even further back, but he's got onto Tony. And he gets above Tony and gets his header in, and Salah's there, obviously, uh, didn't quite get the finish he wanted, but he puts it in. And they're the interesting facts. When you talk about set plays and the moments... It's not always the first action. Second phase, Mee's got him. Third phase, he's pulled on to Tony. And that's actually what what is the defining moment of the game. And Brentford will be disappointed with that. Um, But Van Dijk's clever and he's obviously a real threat in the air. But to win the game 1-0, it's put pressure on Newcastle and United just with the uh, momentum of the results. But I think they've given themselves too much to do. If they can recruit well in the summer, Klopp's ultimately a very, very, very good manager. 
their home form normally keeps them on. Yeah. They're a big threat away from home because of the counter-attacking style and the pace they've got. Obviously, look, Nunes has missed two or three chances again in that game yesterday. If he can finally get up to speed and show that he's worth the kind of fee that they've paid, I think they'll be they'll be close, certainly, for pushing for the title next year. But I would think top four would be a virtual guarantee if they can get a couple of players in, for sure. Yeah, good uh, good end to the season. I actually don't think they'll do it, but I think if there was just two more games, you know, if there was five to go instead of three, I think Liverpool probably would win five in a row and, and maybe top four. So not quite for Liverpool, hopefully, but they're in great, great form. Um, let's go back to the top of the table and the bottom. Manchester City played Leeds United at three o'clock on Saturday and it was live on TV. I've got to just say straight away, this rule that's been around all my life and for most people's lives, and just get rid of it. Three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon watching a game of football with other three o'clocks going on and people are going, oh, there's been a goal here, there's been a goal there, Chelsea are winning. I, you know, it was, it was, not, it was over as a contest very, very quickly. But how great was it to have a TV game? We don't get the TV games at three o'clock on a Saturday. It's disgusting. Preach. We got it at the weekend. I'd love to see it back. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Loved it. I think that's what we've all been brought up on. Football, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. I think half the Man City fans forgot that there were a game on. You know, it's it's playing the bottom of the league or near the bottom of the league. They're expecting a win. I don't Saturday think at three o'clock. That's just standard. Ah, no, there's not much happening there. But it would have, it's strange. Man City's not used to playing at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. So probably that's what gives Leeds a chance. Look, it were a, a, a massively difficult fixture for Allardyce taking his Leeds team to Man City. Um, his only hope was that, obviously, you know, the, the thinking about Real Madrid. Man City are not that... They're, they're, they're a machine. And you would have thought at 2-0 they would have gone on to maybe get any kind of score. So credit to Leeds for that. We can argue whether um, Man City took the foot off the, t- uh, the gas. Ultimately, Haaland had what for him were a real off day in terms of three or four big opportunities that he didn't take. Sitters, absolute. Absolute sitters. He was in the bin, I had him as captain. Sitters for him, yeah. Um, the big call for Allardyce were obviously taking the goalie out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, was that fair criticism? Because a lot of people were talking about his stature, uh, Melier, and like him sort of being a bit like me, weak-wristed. Mm. But it, was that sort of fair on him, or was it? He's no, faced so I, many I, shots. I think it's look. It's a real unfair criticism. I, 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 at certain points in the season, and certainly in seasons gone by, have thought he, he's looking like a, a proper Premier League goalie. Yeah. He's having a real dark moment, that's for sure. And this is the skill now of a coach or a manager. Slightly different for Allardyce coming straight in. He's got no empathy with the situation. He has to make a brutal footballing decision. Mm. If you've been attached to the club all season, you know about certain things that may well be happening on or off the field for him. You've had a working relationship with him. So it's different. I think Sam Allardyce has come in and from outside he's made what looks like the right decision. And it felt like you needed to change. I don't know what the ultimate stats are. Is I know from myself as a goalie coach or a first-team coach or being in at this level, when you start changing the goalie, to me, it's that last act of desperation. Slightly different for Sam because he's come in and he can make that call, but I think it is a last act of desperation. But ultimately, it were only a 2-1 defeat at City. They normally always score three at home. Uh, you'll come on to the, the penalty situation, but Leeds, it must give them something to grab onto, but I think they're in big, big trouble. I was very harsh on Leeds. I watched this game and I actually wanted City to win, which is, I mean, I don't like Leeds much, but I just was like, it was like, I think 15% possession for Leeds, 
55% pass accuracy. You don't need to be playing football manager and not watching it to know, yeah. Will, that that is just part the bus and boot the wall away. 2-1, Allardyce. That's, that could have... Look, we've, it, it should have probably been 6-7-1. Um, I just I just thought Leeds were pitiful. But a lot of Leeds fans are just clinging on to this big Sam thing. Mm. You mentioned to me last week about West Brom. Yeah, yeah. record there. What, what's your thought about the Allardyce uh, thing? Uh, it's sort of twofold, isn't it? I mean, when it, last time he kept a club up was 2017 with Everton. Mm. And football's changed so much in that time, hasn't yeah. it? So I think people are... Right to look at his record, but football has changed so much. I think he got four wins in 26 at West Brom. Took him down during COVID, but it was an absolutely stinking season. But, I mean, he's got the self-confidence, hasn't he? You go into like that press conference when he's talking up himself with Pep and Klopp. I mean, if I had an Alidacio. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, would you put him up there? Uh, no. Yeah, would you put him up there? No. Exactly. So we all need a slice of big salmon somehow. That sounds dodgy as well. There's a few dodgy things I've said today. Um, but going back, I've just got... Image of naked Big Sam now, so uh, that's we'll all that's in my out. head. We'll cut that out. The, um, one, the one thing he is, he, the the interviews become laughable, and we talk about what he's doing. But actually, in a clever way, he's taking all the steam off the players. Yeah, because well, he did that at the end as well, didn't he? Like he's going over with the players to the fans. They're giving it a big fanfare, and it sort of builds that mentality, doesn't it? But then you look on the other hand with Pep. I mean, they're going to probably win the league, maybe win the Champions League. It's that mentality of. Haaland misses the penalty and it's sort of like not a big thing. He has a go at Haaland, takes off Gundogan and he really puts the message back to the players and he runs that club from top to bottom, yeah, doesn't you, he? You can't go off script. Look, I, I done, I've done set plays 15, 20 years. Um, in the end, you, everything's set in stone. Look, you're so we're the... talking here just everybody with the penalty. So Pep Guardiola yeah. is furious that Gundogan has took the penalty to get the hat-trick instead of Erling Haaland. And, of course, then they're cruising, but then Leeds score, and it's it's a tight 2-1. Yeah, you, you know, you can be talking about a different thing, and momentum's a massive thing in sport, in football. And the 2-0 up, look, put your penalty taker on, he's a machine, isn't he? Mm. All right, and we know he missed in the Champions League, but he's a machine. He scores that game, it's 3-0, all the stars are off, Leeds are happy to be 3-0, all your stars are off, you're ready for Real Madrid. Look, that's players, you know, it shows great, camaraderie, great team spirit, but it's not being a professional. You're not the boss either. Take, take the penalty, it's finished. When I did the set plays, we had uh, lists up on the wall, number one penalty taker, if you're off the field or injured, or number two, it's there. It's set in stone, there is no grey area. Yeah. And whether you're the top or the bottom, you have to be relentless in your approach. Haaland takes the penalty, it's game over. We've just mentioned, Leeds get one, there can be some crazy thing happen. Things can happen, and if you throw two points away with naivety, and when you're top of the league and you're the machine that they are, they are not naive. You've also got to play for 95 minutes instead of three 0 up for 15 minutes. You can just cruise, yeah. can't you? Yeah. So there's that that you know more expenditure potential for more injury. Um, yeah, good result for City. I just very quickly, our lead staying up. What I? I don't think so. No. No. No, I'm the same. Yeah, I don't think they'll get any points out of those last three games. No, I agree. I think it's. I think it's. I agree with you. I think football's moved on, and I think it's become the the, the Sam Allardyce show, and that's great if you're going to stay up. But I don't think the Premier League respects the Sam Allardyce show anymore. I think the Premier League is about. We've mentioned it many times. It's about proper coaching. It's about team ethic, and I just don't think uh, Leeds will have to play a very different way, and I don't think Allardyce can. Uh, let's move on to uh, what we got next. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to go Bournemouth, Chelsea. Wow, Chelsea 007, 
he's been turned down. Frank Lampard will not be the new James Bond. Now, the, the, the backstory to this is he would have been zero wins, zero draws and seven losses if Bournemouth had beaten them. But he's not going to be... He's like Idris Elba and Tom Hardy. He won't be, he won't be James Bond. Uh, he got the win against Bournemouth, Will. Um, is this just a case of Chelsea um, have an amazing squad and they've finally won a game against a team that really is safe? And, you know, it's Bournemouth. It's a bank holiday weekend. They've what? got the Amber Soleil, They've got the beach towels and, oh. and they've just let it go. Yeah, I think it's a bit of that, isn't it? And, and they sort of only really asserted that near the end. I think Bournemouth should have had a penalty as well. It looked like a fantastic challenge from Thiago Silva. I've watched it five times. and I'd, Have you seen this as yeah, well? Yeah, I watched I, it. I, I, I think it's a tackle. I don't think he gets the I ball. thought when he slowed it right down to that last bit, I thought penalty. Yeah, well, you might be right because I've, I've not seen it yeah, it's a little, yeah, yeah. I watched it and to be fair, I was led by a certain mainstream journalist uh, you who, was, do like, that. who was going, it's just a great tackle and I thought, yeah. oh, I'm an idiot. I, I, I never do that. So yeah. you two set both same penalty. Yeah. yeah, I think he just didn't get the ball and then at that stage, it's a different game and then it was good he's sort of playing those sort of younger players or those squad players that might not get a chance and that's all he should do really, isn't it? Sort of, that's what he was so... Born with did? He changed the... No, sorry, I mean, from a Chelsea perspective, right. do that. I think that's what he was so good in that first tenure, wasn't it? There was so much pressure around not having any transfers and he just brought those young players through, got the Champions League and it was a sort of really feel-good season which obviously curtailed but... I just think he should be doing that to the end of the season. What was that? The battle for eleventh, I think, that's gone down yeah. to. Incredible. I think Chelsea fans were saying like they were so happy, they were chanting, "Can't believe we're staying up." So it's like, <laughs> I think they've just forty-two points now. They've yeah, I think that. 14. I think that. I think I will say on the show, Chelsea are safe. That's my bold prediction yeah. for the rest of the season. Put my I'll come on the line. with that one. Cheers, mate. Um, but yeah, just I think get the youngsters out and have a have a good laugh for the rest of the season. In fairness to Lampard, if you think about it, they've got 42 points, they've lost the previous six. Even if he'd won all those, they'd be on 60 points. They wouldn't be in a top four race anyway. No. It was never there well, to look, be he, done, was it? So. He's, ne he's never getting... He would never get in the job, no. for sure. Of course, he didn't want to finish as, as it's panned out. But I actually watched the game. I thought it was a real good game of football. Mm. Chelsea started well, but Bournemouth were the better team, up to 65, 70 minutes, um, played proper football. Subs. Bench. Yeah, made some good efforts at goal. Kepper made a few decent saves, but they were the best team, and unlucky not to be in front. But that's the strength of the Premier League for the big boys. The bench that they have, not being disrespectful to Bournemouth's bench, they come on and they can change the game. Bournemouth will be disappointed. It's a set piece to get to two one, but in the end, Chelsea's power overran them, and they are a phenomenal team when they're all at it. But they just play like individuals, and it's been a season to forget. Um, they are safe, it's going to be mid-table mediocrity, but if they get somebody in next season who can make some big changes to that mentality of the team, they'll have no Europe, they'll have no distractions. It gives them probably the best chance to get back in that top four. I think Cesc Fabregas pointed out when he was on Sky this week, he said, we finished mid-table one season, the next year we won the Premier League, so like you said, with that clear road ahead and all that money and spending yeah. power, they, they could do it. Yeah, and also they've got a massive part to play in the top four race and the title race. I think they've got to play, well, they've definitely got to play Man United and they've got to play Man City as well. So Chelsea could, could have a big part to play, could be kingmakers on this uh, weekend of uh, coronation. Uh, let's move on to uh, Spurs against Crystal Palace. 
Uh, young and old, don't go searching that on any websites. This <laughs> is the youngest manager in the Premier League against the oldest manager in the Premier League. But it's also record breakers because Harry Kane, 10th uh, headed goal, which is a record. He also moved past Wayne Rooney in the Premier League goal scoring records. I think he's about 50 off, uh, off Shearer now. Um, the game itself, lads, 1-0. Again, we speak about on the beach. This is what happens. Palace, Roy's gone in there, won them played some brilliant football they've sort of reverted to job done now and then Arsenal uh, sorry Spurs doing what Spurs do I never understand how they are in a top four race but this is how they do it they, they win games like this um Harry Kane scoring again what a record what a striker heard something interesting at the weekends but I want both your opinions on this so I'll go to you Watto first um uh, I think it was Mika Richards was saying that Harry Kane's got to leave Spurs to go and win titles, otherwise he's a nobody. Is that fair? I mean, if you if you break the all time, I mean, I know Shearer did win the Premier League at Blackburn, but you know, if I, I don't think Harry Kane will be a nobody if he doesn't win a trophy. No, look, he's been a phenomenal Premier League centre forward, so he is. He's not a nobody. He's already going to be going down in Tottenham folklore because of the goals he's got already. Um, He's England's leading scorer. Will he get Shearer's number if he stays injury-free? Potentially. But, yeah, yeah you, you make the point. He's 50-odd away. Two and a half seasons, isn't it, it? It, it? It's a lot of goals, you know. Yeah. And even for how good he is, it's still a big ask. But he's ticked all the boxes. I think for somebody who's ticked all those boxes and achieved all those things, he, he, he must sit at home sometimes and stare at an empty wardrobe space or a cupboard space wardrobe has it let's be honest he probably bought it 10 years ago come on and it's still sat there um he's put put another plasma he's probably another plasma up there (laughs) but i think he wants something to put in it that would that would be my take it's not about his legacy at spurs that's set in stone it's not about his legacy for england that's set in stone wherever he goes he'll have a chance maybe to catch shearer he wants to win something. I, I think he has to want to win something. For sure, in his heart of hearts, that's why he stayed at Spurs. Mm. They've tried to bring in good, great managers. Pochettino, I probably don't think they'll ever get a better one. Mm. Obviously, they got to Champions League finals. He, he stayed and he stayed and he stayed. Is it getting to that point where he has to be ruthless yeah. in his own approach and say, look, I've done what I can here. I've given you potentially his best years of service. But he wants to go to wherever it may be, and put something on the table. I think yeah. The interesting one for me is that the sort of, especially from a Manchester United standpoint, it's between Osman and Kane. But a lot of, like when we were at your show, a lot of the chat was around Osman because he's younger. But I wanted to ask you about Kane's like going into his 30s now. But where we are with medical science and everything, it feels like 30 from back in the 90s. And that AI. was And AI, yeah, but am I real? I don't know. But all that going around, if him saying... Like late 30s now feels like when you actually start to decline, whereas when you hit 30, you probably still are at your peak. Yeah, look, you, you, naturally your body's still declining, but the modern way of approaching how you lead into a match or then recover post-match and all these things around it will lead elongate his career 100%, and it's about managing his loads, his second-day recoveries, and all these things. Yes, he'll be losing half a yard, a yard of pace as the years go by. But in here, he's a phenomenal footballer. Yeah. And the best finisher, the best finisher, left and right foot. Obviously, you've just spoke about his heading record. But left and right foot, I've seen him in drills, just passing that ball into the corners. 
it's relentless. Mm. He's not going to lose that. And if he goes for a team, and I'm not being disrespectful to Spurs, who create even more chances, he's going to score the goals. Who and do I you think, want then? Well, I, I'm just thinking about it. That, I mean, I, I really like Harry Kane. I just, I just prefer Osman. But I, if we sign Harry Kane, United, I won't be unhappy because he's world class. But I do agree with what Mika Richards said in a way because I think, and Watto put it really well. Um, he won't be a nobody if he stays at Spurs. He'll probably break the record, but it's that opportunity to win trophies. It's knowing that in ten years you'll be retired and you could. Nah, this is the summer to do it. He's got to. He's got to force that move. And and also, fifty goals to Alan Shearer in a Spurs shirt could take you four seasons. Go to Man United or Chelsea. You're going to score more goals. You're going to break the record quicker and have a better chance of winning trophies. So I think he's got to do it. I think he'll be wearing red next season. From what I'm hearing, I've said it all season. I've had a hunch. Bournemouth are not signing him, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, no, no. I think he'll be wearing Man United. That's a good one. Um, right. I don't like to acknowledge other comics. But, uh, uh, it was good. Uh, let's talk about comedy. Let's go to. Well, well it's not. Wasn't it's a bit of a tragedy in many ways for, for for Villa's season, but a very good result for Wolves. who have been savers for a while. Safe for a while. Wolves won Aston Villa nil. Second one nil loss in a row for Villa. They'd scored in every game under Emery. They were on a great great run. They went to Old Trafford. They lost, and then they've lost at the Molyneux. Um, European football for them looks a little bit difficult now. Yeah, I concur 100%. I think it was a big result for Man United in the week because Villa had been on that run. Really important now. Yeah, really important. And I think it just took the wind out of the sails a little bit. They go to Molyneux, local derby. Wolves, I did think, were safe. But having get beat six at Brighton, they were always going to put in a a shift and a performance. Um, And Wolves ultimately won it on a set play. Villa will be disappointed with that. But I didn't think there were too many opportunities in the game. Tight. Um, tight, We spoke about maybe the fact that Chelsea's lack of European football will help them. Emery wouldn't admit it, but because of the run they've had and the impact he's had, if he could have a season without Europe next year, Mm. on what is shown for two-thirds of a season, I think they could potentially be certainly European candidates if they recruit well, maybe even top four. I think he's that good a manager. So nobody wants to get beat in a derby. But in the end, it might suit them just to miss Europe. The interesting thing is, from a Villa point of view, and you're not a Villa fan, I was speaking to some (laughs) Villa fans at the weekend and they were saying they'd like Conference League um, European football because it's European football, it'd be a nice adventure. But, you know, like Watto says, it might be best to, to, to miss out. Well, that's the really annoying thing, because Watto's turned a negative, and I was really, like, Villa haven't got European football, he's turned that into a positive, so I'm actually a bit annoyed. But <laughs> uh, I don't really want to talk about Villa. So, from a Wolves perspective, I think Lopetegui's done a fantastic job. They were bottom at Christmas, which, you know, back in the day, yeah, yeah. yeah when, West, you remember when West Brom did it for the first time, that was such a huge Ryan thing. Robson. Yeah, exactly. So, Bob-o. I think um, that's a massive achievement for them. And I think with a manager like that, they can look to get back to... To where they were once at. Yeah, no European football for Villa, but I'll, I'll stick to what Watto says. I don't want to get into the weeds about Villa. Yeah, OK, no worries. Thank you. Uh, tell you what, we will get into the weeds about. It's time for the quiz. No Ben Foster. Well, it doesn't really matter. He never wins anyway. Let's do it. Let's do the quiz. Just before we do do the quiz, though, we've not forgotten about this beauty, Team of the Year official shirt. Uh, if you want to remove that from the back, you can. You know, it's not a problem. Um, we won't do it, though. Um, but anyway, football fill-in, Instagram... There's going to be a picture there. Get on it and get your entries in. You could win this. Lovely shirt. Really is nice. OK, 
Okay, we're back with the football filling quiz today. You boys ready? Yeah, let's yeah. go, J Dog. J Dog. Woo! What an intro. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. There's some life in that, Jay. There's some life in that, mate. Boom. Okay, question number one. Which team has the most Premier League defeats in history? Norwich. Derby. Everton. Incorrect, incorrect, correct. Oh, let's go. We're back. Longevity, isn't it? Yeah, they've been the league longest with Arsenal. Question two. Which goalkeeper clocked up their 100 clean sheet for their club this weekend? Alisson. not fair, really, is it? He loves all goalkeeping stuff. Come on, Walsh, you. Question three. Which former Premier League striker scored four goals for Leon in a five? And Lacazette. Game? Correct. Lacazette. There's something wrong with this seat in the middle. Yeah. It's, on. <laughs> it's that it's seat. Wisdom three today. We are on. Question five already. No. no four. Four, four, mate. Four. Come on. Oh, question oh, four. Hell, Jamie. Oh, yeah, you will. I got one. <laughs> question four. Career path question. Oh. I have played for West Ham, Millwall on loan, Chelsea. Portsmouth on loan, Portsmouth permanent, Liverpool. Glenn Johnson. Stoke. Yeah. Glenn Johnson is correct. Yeah, that's really good. Well done. Have you got weaving, aren't we? No. No, no I've got two. Two, one, one. two, one, two. Have oh, I done something wrong? Well, she's in front. <laughs> Question number He's got five. A to catch. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. David De Gea made four errors leading to the goal. Let me say it again. David De Gea made four errors leading to the goal in all competitions this season. Who has also made Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris, correct answer. Someone's been watching Match of the Day then, taking the stats now. Uh, Manchester City recently clocked a thousand goals under Pep Guardiola in the Premier League, but who scored the first of those goals? We'll take that. Um, So his first goal for Pep Guardiola, the first goal... Pep Guardiola. What was the answer? Aguero. Aguero is the correct answer. Yeah! <laughs> 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 no, but you forced that out of him. He didn't fully say I, it. I, and I then should, you got... Uh, you, uh, you might have forced it out of him. Come on. Then. I should get an assist. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Sean Wright Phillips, so... Yeah, that's the correct answer. Will is in the lead in the quiz. Oh, you won, haven't I? Big, no, right. no. We've got yeah. four questions left. We need something big, yeah. Who did Jolion Lescott play for before joining Manchester City? West Brom. Ev- Everton. Everton. <laughs> wakey, wakey, lads, come on! Fire. It's Bank Holiday Monday, come on! Boring. Don't get well on the quiz anymore. <laughs> I know. How many variations of this season's Premier League football have been released this Three. season? Three is the correct answer. Oh, that's a naff question. It's too late. It's too late. I just think you've got two more questions. Low level. It's not, inte- it's not, it's in, it's not intellectual enough. That's me. <laughs> low, low hanging fruit questions, these. Like club career path. Oh, I get it right. Everything else, no chance. Which player was the only player to score two goals this weekend in the Premier League? Odegaard. Oh, no. No, not Odegaard. We can't, we can't look at this, can we? I'm trying to do it properly. You may as well. You may as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, you got it. Good in the van. Here's the correct answer. I'm shy. Okay. Final question. Final question. Which two goalkeepers shared the Golden Glove last season in Premier League? Alisson. De Gea. No. Neither of them. Alisson's one of them. Alisson's Edison. Alisson and Edison. We'll get a point each. You can get a point each. Why not? We can give them a point each. 
I mean, the quiz was kind of finished yeah. already, yeah. wasn't it? Battered yeah. by Walshie. Six, six, wow, three, two, absolutely bad. Yeah. That's... Well done, Walshie. That's, that's bad. Um, anyway, look, <laughs> welcome. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you very much for watching the quiz and the football filling this week. I just, I'm just really hot. I think, I think you get like cooked like, like a hot dog or something. It's, there's something about this seat. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching. That was the football filling. Smash the like, get your comments in below and we'll see you next week. Bye.